Hey, I just wanted to pop in to give you a quick content warning for this episode. Um, I have tried to sort of think of anything mentioned in this episode that might be kind of activating to some people. Um, some of it we mention in passing, um, and some, some of it we dive into a little deeper. But in general, for this episode, the things that I thought might be kind of activating for some people are mentions of eugenics, um, religion, which this episode is about cults, so we're going to go into that quite a bit, some wellness and diet culture stuff, COVID, and white supremacy. Um, so if you are not in a place to listen to that, feel free to skip this episode. You'll catch us next time. Um, I'm always going to do my best to try to give you sort of warning up front when I think there might be a topic that's particularly activating in an episode. Um, and I'm not always going to be perfect at it, but I'm doing my best. So if any of that sounds like you are not in a place to listen to that right now, just catch us next time. I have ADHD, my pronouns are she, her, and I believe that triangles are objectively superior to pyramids. Hi, I'm Brienne. My pronouns are she, her. I'm autistic. I also have ADHD, and they won't let me into the Kroger if I'm wearing a tank top anymore. <laughs> I don't want to get into it. Yeah, I, I gotta hear that story sometime, though. Um, But welcome to the first episode of Info Dumpies. Yeah! So, we're going to bounce back and forth between um, subjects that Violet and I pick, um, and we have guests lined up, too. But for the first episode of Info Dumpies, I thought we would get into one of my longtime special interests, which is cults. Um, but also, I fucking love tea, um, and one of my autistic collections from when I was a little kid is, like, teapots. Um, so, I did not expect my two interests um, and tea and teapots and cults to ever collide until I saw a TikTok about a tea that I quite enjoy being owned by someone in a eugenicist cult. Mm. So, of course, mm, I had that's to... That's not good. Yeah so, yeah, so I feel like like many um, autistic or ADHD folks, I had to hop off of TikTok and then just lose myself in three hours of researching tea companies and cults. Um, cause I was so interested and, mm -hmm. um, of course. So then we have, that's where we get this episode. Um, so yeah. All right. I thought we would start off kind of going with what is a cult because the word gets thrown around a lot. Um, if you, um, if you are a patron on the Mixed Nomer Patreon, I'm going to have the entire notes. These extremely thorough color coded notes I have for this episode, <laughs> um up on the patreon where i have links to all of my sources um because i'm always going to do my best to not just read off of wikipedia for these because i hate when i mm -hmm. i hate when i start a new podcast it's supposed to be educational and it's like i know you're just reading off of the wikipedia i could do this myself um so yeah, me quietly reading a wikipedia article is a different podcast altogether yeah it's a different podcast idea just because her voice is smooth like eating eating a dark mm. chocolate in a jaguar smooth like dark chocolate in a jaguar don't spill it don't spill the chocolate in my jaguar <laughs> uh, anyway <laughs> so we're gonna go into what is a cult mm -hmm. 
The American Psychological Association Dictionary provides the definition of a religious or quasi-religious group characterized by unusual or atypical beliefs, seclusion from the outside world, and an authoritarian structure. Cults tend to be highly cohesive, well-organized, secretive, and hostile to non-members, which is a really broad sort of uh, idea of what a cult is, but I think immediately it makes you think of lots of different groups, religious groups, and like, you know, even some CrossFit gyms I've heard of kind of fit that category. Um, yeah, or p- fan groups of certain movies or TV shows. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, exactly. Why, like, Buffy is one of my problematic faves, but I can't be any Buffy in a Buffy appreciation group because the minute I say Joss Whedon is a shit heel, I have a bunch of chodes jumping down my neck going, mm-hmm. hey, you don't know that. It's all hearsay. And I'm like, no, I know. Yeah. Allegedly, 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 uh, yeah, allegedly, allegedly, my cooch. Um, so <laughs> okay, allegedly. Um, but anyway, I in my notes that'll be on the mix number Patreon, I have um a source with the all the components of what experts qualify um a cult to have. It's not like a diagnostic thing, but it's like these are these are characteristics that are indicative of a cult to try to separate it from just a religious movement or just a group. And there's also a term high control group, which all cults are high control groups, but not all high control groups are cults, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so they might have a lot of control over someone's life, but I, uh, I have included a checklist by the international cultic studies association, which is a badass name. Hell yeah. Um, and they have, they've had this list, this list of characteristics that's been revised and updated based on suggestions since the nineties. Um, and it's kind of a good list for, you know, if your friend has joined some new group and you're concerned about them, you could kind of go through the list and go, how much of this criteria does this group meet or if you would like to join yeah. some group and you're like am i gonna be joining a cult um does it come with robes does it come with a weird pointy hat Do okay you have but that sign in blood okay but apart from the signing in blood you could have just described a lot of larping groups which are not cults ah oh, shit okay yeah clearly i don't you know, know what, what I'm i mean about. yeah yeah <laughs> so this will help you decide am i just larping or are they going to is this a cult yeah is this the second coming of jesus or is it the second coming of Grokthnar, the Dragonlord? Oh, God, I missed the first time Grokthnar showed up. Yeah, no, that was great. It's good times. But yeah, so it has a bunch of different characteristics. Um, Like, there's usually one big group leader. There's an us versus them mentality. Um, It implies that the group ha- can do whatever they need to for their purpose even if it hurts people a lot of the time Mm. so there are a lot of groups that fit this um one of my i guess i would say niche interests in my interest in cults is like scientology specifically um and pretty much pretty much every single one of these categories um scientology meets to to a t like they they check the entire list they got 100 percent on it um but yeah, that is yeah, the international Scientology kind of wins culting. It sounds like. Oh, um, yeah, because they got recognized as a religious group, like a church, by by the federal government, so they don't have to pay taxes. Oh my god! Because they because they broke into the FBI office in in the seventies. I'm going to get off on a separate tangent about how they 
are the most successful cult of all time. Oh my God. Um, which is probably for a different episode. Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, if they come after me, yeah, if they come after me, I'll be like, Leah Remini, save me. Okay. Um, but anyway, I like tea. And I saw a TikTok that just casually mentioned um, that the sleepy time bear um, was in a cult, mm. like, making a joke. And I'm like, what does that mean? Um, so I went to the comments and I was a little shocked because uh, Celestial Seasonings, started by a man named Mo Siegel, um, was started and sort of structured around this cult that follows this book called the Urantia Book. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's quite a name. Yeah, so the two founders, Mo Siegel and John Hay, um, they started Sleepy Time Tea, they claim, after collecting the 36 herbs on a hike in Colorado. Um, and they, yeah, I was like, where are you finding all of these herbs on your hike in Colorado? Yeah, I feel like most people who collect herbs in Colorado, there's not that many different, like, herbs to collect, you know? No, no, it's like, hi, please give us a business loan. I brought some, I brought some sour diesel. Um, no, but they brought some of the herbs and a Tupperware to the bank and they applied for loan in 1969. Nice, nice, nice. Um, so they brought the herbs to the bank? To the bank. And we're like, <coughs> sniff our good herbs. Sniff these herbs. Sniff these herbs. Give us money. Um, but they were two, and it worked. they were two white guys in 1969. So I'm pretty sure they could have just been like, trust us. We yeah. got it. Pretty, uh, pretty oh, please. God. Uh, the closest thing to superpowers is I can imagine would be being a, a, a cis straight white man in the ni- 1969 specifically. Yeah. So they they named their company Celestial Seasonings, um, which kind of fits with how the Urantia book is described to its followers as an epochal revelation authored solely by celestial beings. Um. So. It should be noted that the Urantia book as a whole is full of eugenicist garbage. Like, it's it's fucking not diet racist. It just comes out and says the whole thing. It's awful. Um, but not all groups of people who follow the Urantia book meet the criteria of cult. Hmm. But a lot do. Um, so it's kind of like I joked about CrossFit gyms. Like, CrossFit is not a cult. Um, but some of the gyms who are like, you have to eat neutral, ultra, paleo, intermittent fasting, one meal at one meal a day, <laughs> hot, car- carnivore, carnivore diet, eat, take this beef liver thing. Yeah. Those ones who are like, if you don't do that, you can't sit with us. Those ones. Yeah. But CrossFit is not a cult. Um, except CrossFit, you know, is a workout and the Urantia book is just a racist book. So there's no redeeming value, even for the ones that aren't meeting the cult criteria. So Urantia is yucky for many reasons. Um, pro-eugenics claiming to eliminate what they consider to be inferior races. Mm. It's hard to say that phrase and not just go, like the eugenics alarm just goes off whenever someone says that phrase. Like, what are they thinking? Yeah, the I, I legit tried to think of any time that that phrase would not be bad. And I'm just thinking of like marble racing, where it's like this one was boring. And that's it. 
because there's no yeah, there's no it. human marble involved. Racing. Yeah, like yeah, the only context where eugenics is good is marble. Not racing. eugenics. The term inferior races, <laughs> like that race, wasn't as exciting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, if you if you have a a timed point to point race. I suppose not a biological race. Yeah. Yeah, when race means something different. Um, but if you're down for a little bit of a read, the Arantia book is two thousand and ninety-seven pages long, and it's it's actually in the public domain, so you can just go find it anywhere. Um, and the reason it's in the so an easier read, a lighter read than One Piece is what I'm hearing. Uh, I, you know, I'm not a One Piece fan, but I don't recall there eugenics you in One Piece. So I would say That's this fair. is probably a heavier read, regardless of how many, how regardless of the sheer volume of One Piece. But it's in the public domain, and it was first published in 1955. Um, it is purported to have been given to us as a message from aliens through the ramblings of a sleeping man who acted as like an intergalactic conduit. Huh. And that is the reason it's in the public domain. <laughs> Because they claim that it's celestial in origin, a court actually ruled that the book has to remain in the public domain, um, because no one on Earth wrote it, according to their claims. So that shit's and that, that held up in a court of law. Yeah, yeah. That's. But okay, but the sleeping man. But he says it's not his words, and there's a bunch of. I'll get into that. I'll get into the sleeping man and how it's not his words, and how there's a bunch of documentation about how it's not the sleeping man's words at all. Ugh. Like that's what their that's what their whole weird cult religion is based around. Oh lord. Um. Buckle in and strap up, everybody. Yeah, in actuality, um, sadly, it's not like Grap Lore the alien who wrote it. It's probably just this chode. Uh, named William Sadler, who is a self-taught psychiatrist. Um, and Sadler was trained as like a medical doctor. And for those old medical history nerds or other people who listen to Sawbones, like me and Violet, he worked at the Battle Creek Sanitarium. Mm. Which, if you know the history of that fucked up place and the name John Harvey Kellogg will be familiar because uh, John Harvey Kellogg is the Kellogg serial bastard. <laughs> I think is the best word. Oh, yeah, he's the guy that made made it. Yeah, he made cornflakes so people wouldn't crank their hog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's a bad cereal man who's like eat these cornflakes, stop cranking your hog. <laughs> um, but also it's just horrible to a bunch of disabled people. And I actually had to pull my info on Sadler from Wikipedia because when you look him up, most of the info on um William Sadler is from the cult. Oh no. Where Colt is like, William Sadler, very smart man, very good. Talk to aliens to give us good, good book. So <laughs> Wikipedia was weirdly the most unbiased source that I could access that wasn't behind a huge paywall. Um, that is wild. Rat, yeah. Um, so William Sadler was actually married to Kellogg's uh, niece, Lena Celestia Kellogg. Oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah, which is just interesting, again, because of the tea. Um, so in 1910, Sadler uh, studied in Europe for his self-taught psychiatrist stuff. Under yeah, I, By the way, I'm also a self-taught psychiatrist and doctor and marine biologist. Just because you can just say that. Yeah, self-taught coochie doctor. Um, yeah, I'm a self-taught boob inspector. Yeah. <laughs> 
Go ahead, whip them out. <laughs> um, but so in 1910, Sadler went to Europe to study this psychiatry stuff under renowned pervert and coke fiend Sigmund Freud. <laughs> what a title. <laughs> um, so with with Freud being the one to teach him, um, he's kind of destined for weirdness. So sometime around then, Sadler attempted to treat a patient, treat a patient, which I don't know what the fuck he was doing, probably giving them cocaine because it was 1910. And they're like, you have dandruff, do some blow about it. But around then, Sadler attempted to treat a patient with a sleep condition where he would talk in his sleep and claimed to be an alien. Um, And this is where the Arantia book and the Arantia cult came from. Um, Sadler with an entire year of psych training, which is ridiculous because if I wanted to be a receptionist at a psychiatrist's office, they'd be like, we need five to eight years of experience. We will give you $10 oh, an yeah. hour. But no. I mean, it's still more training than cops have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, But yeah, Sadler, with his whole year of training with mm. Sigmund Freud, where they probably talked about, you know, cigars are dicks, let's do some blow. Um, yeah, and cornflakes and shit. Cornflakes and shit. Um, he decided that this man was actually mentally well. Oh. Nothing wrong. This man is completely fine. Sure. Um, and that if he, if he deemed that he's completely fine, that he must actually be telling the truth about being an alien, or at least an alien talking through him while he sleeps. (laughs) Um, but ironically, before seeing this patient at all, Sadler had written many racist texts of his own before. And weirdly, some of them... Some of the pages were verbatim what ended up being in the book of Urantia. So Oh how okay. weird All how right. weird so that the alien Here here I am. Here I am, William Sadler. I have previously written these things that are very bad and racist. And hey y'all, message from the aliens is this exact thing that I wrote. Don't worry about that part. The important part is that it came from a sleeping man's ramblings? Yes. But it it is verbatim what I've already written, and that's not suspicious to anyone? They just agree with me. I guess it's just the aliens agree with me. Verbatim. Jesus Christ. The aliens saw the writing I did. <laughs> yeah, and said, I said, copy it, but don't make it look too close, or teacher will know we're cheating. Um, Lord. But this book is full of some buckwild shit, and it's shit I, shit I did not sign up for when I purchased Sleepy Time Tea. Um... The book claims that there are millions of planets, which is not the wild part because it's kind of a low ball. There are it's it's an infinite universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but on each one, there is some version of Adam and Eve that have arrived to, and I quote, upstep mm. the inferior races. Mm, that's just bad. Yeah. So on every planet through every universe, there are these like fair skinned blue-eyed aliens of course um and they would mate with acceptable habit inhabitants of the planet and they're quoted saying inferior stocks will be eliminated and there will be one purified race one language and one religion god i Um, I wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to live in a universe where every planet has white people right (laughs) you know like if i was in a if if i was playing oh my god there's a lot of video games where white people are just everywhere in the universe that's not great huh Listen, listen, I'm a Trekkie, and and 
Well, yeah, and I'm a Trekkie, but we're everywhere oh in that too. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose in, yeah. in okay in, in Star Trek specifically, not to go off on too much of a tangent. Star Trek specifically, we've progressed beyond a lot of the things that would make that a problem. So I mean, yes, I. Okay, you give me you'll give me off on a tangent on Sorry. another another special interest, but um yeah, we still have our own problems in the Federation, but that's beside the point. Yeah. Um so yeah, so a lot of this stuff about the Urantia book I've gotten from an article that'll be in the notes on the Patreon called Urantia, the Great Cult Mystery. Um but yeah, did this cult have any influence on celestial seasoning? Um so Mo Siegel, the main founder um, stated that the ideas in the Arantia book were the inspiration for the uplifting quotes we print on the side of our tea boxes in on our tea bag tags. So they don't have tags on their tea anymore. I can actually recall when they did have tags on their tea. Um, but I remember the quotes on the side. Like I remember those. So yeah, there was I, I liter- definitely Oh sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just there is definitely cult stuff written on the outside of these tea boxes. Yeah, I I definitely have a distinct memory of I think well, probably one of the first times I had celestial seasoning tea, looking at the box like oh what a sleepy bear and then I flip the box over and go well that's a weird quote. Yeah, not as weird as just every bottle of Doctor Bronner's though. Oh my god, that's not a whole as other weird. Episode. Yeah, that's a whole other episode. Not as weird as Doctor Bronner's, um, but up there. So Mo's fifth employee, a woman named Caroline McDougal who at the time of the article um, that I'll have a link to, um, the Great Cult Mystery article, um, was the founder and current CEO of Ticino. So she left. She was like, fuck this joint and went to go start a different drink company. Um, But she said Mo and John used it as a guiding principle and continually quoted from the Arantia book. Hmm. Um, And at staff meetings, they would even use quotes to bolster their arguments. So it's like when you're arguing with someone who's like, well, that's against the Bible. And you're like, not everyone uses that. If you worked at Celestial Seasonings, the barometer for how well you were doing and how to bolster your arguments was the Arantia book. Jesus Christ. Like, I I would love to see a Arantia follower and a devout, like, Bible thumper in the same room going head to head like how would that even go what would they agree or disagree on it, it would be like yeah yeah that would be a wild thing to see they wouldn't agree on anything it would be two bad faith arguments um but yet another podcast yet another yet another episode but yeah mcdougall said it was a guide for making sure of the moral values that underlay the company at the time so did your answer book have anything to do with celestial seasoning itself? Yeah. Yeah, like a lot. It was like in the DNA. Mm. So if you are like me and you love that sleepy, sleepy bear son of a bitch, you're probably wondering, oh no, am I supporting this eugenicist cult today? Kind of good news. Kind of good news. Um, As of the 2016 article I found on culteducation.com, the unfortunate part of this is that Celestial Seasonings has declined to comment on the involvement of the Arantia teachings at the company as of 2016. Mm. It's almost like declining to comment is a comment. <laughs> is a comment. That's I know. That's what I'm saying. It feels like a comment within itself, especially because both Siegel and his business partner, John Hay, who is also in the Arantia cult, they left Celestial Seasonings a while ago at different times. Um, John Hay left in 1985 to start Rudy's Organic Bakery. So if you buy Rudy's Organic Bakery, um oh, shit. 
Yeah, yeah, that is owned by a Urantia cult person who directly benefits from it. That Mo Siegel retired in 2002. Um, and after that, Mo Siegel actually became president of the Urantia Foundation. Um, and Celestial Seasonings was purchased by Haines Celestial, no relation, who produces a number of natural brands like Arrowhead Mills and Jason. And when I was getting these notes, um, so I, I have celiac disease, everybody, um, and trying to find stuff that I can eat because I'm, I'm also vegan is a little harder. Yeah. And God, we have a lot of Haines Celestial stuff in this house. Yeah, because they a make, bit. Yeah. But fortunately, um, Haines Celestial... They are a big company, yes, but they seem relatively fucking chill. No cold stuff. Um, yeah. so that's you. Oh. No cold stuff, at least. Big, big company stuff, sure. No cold stuff. Yeah, and they even seem on the well. You're not great, but you're not the worst motherfuckers I've ever seen, as far as companies go. From what I've seen, I went so far as to look at like glass door rating stuff. Oh, cool. So yeah, Celestial Seasonings is owned by them now. Mm-hmm. While there's no evidence that Urantia is still involved in the company. Um, like you said, it's kind of weird they're declining comment. Like, it's kind of weird. That feels like a comment within itself. Yeah, like, it's like, I, it's like pleading the fifth, you know? You're trying not to incriminate yourself. Yeah, yeah, like, there's a certain level of incrimination there. Yeah. So, that was the one that originally, uh, Celestial Seasonings was the one that originally inspired me to go look at this. The thing that surprised mm-hmm. me was that when I looked up tea... And Colts, Celestial Seasonings was not the only tea company owned by a cult. Wild. So I'm going to, the next one is Yogi Tea. Um, I'm going to brush over some of the early cult stuff here because the original um, cult leader, it's the 3HO cult. It's the Happy, Healthy, Holy group was started by a cult leader named Yogi Bhajan. Um, and this has a whole documentary on it. Um, that you can watch on Hulu. It's called True Believers, um, Yogi Bhajan 3HO Cult. And he is sort of the the originator of stuff like Kundalini Yoga and appropriated stuff like tantric principles and um, stole stuff from Sikhism and appropriated all this stuff. And there was a mass movement in the like, late 60s, early 70s of white people moving to India to go live at his ashrams. And it is that it is like the origin of white lady who is appropriating yoga and sexualizing it. And it is, I think, like following stuff back, that is, I think, where that cultural appropriation really began. And Yogi Bhajan was the one who started it. Um, So his picture, his picture, I don't know if it still is, but a while for a while, his picture was on all the fucking boxes. Mm. Um, I don't think it is anymore. I don't think it is anymore because there's a bunch of people who came out about him sexually assaulting them, which I will not go into the detail here. I do not want to burden y'all with that right now. I want to go into who took over for Yogi Bhajan in modern times and who benefits who benefits today because Yogi Bhajan is dead. It is... Good riddance. Yeah, good riddance. Rest in piss. Um, Yogi Bhajan died in 2004, but a woman, a white woman named katie griggs better known as guru jagat took up his mantle and she girl bossed her way into making this so popular that a lot of celebrities got into kundalini yoga and kind of accidentally bolstered her cult wild this is this is the worst kind of girl bossing one can do oh absolutely horrid girl bossing 
so she kind of reached celeb status in her own right in LA and she would she repackaged Yogi Bhajan's belief into like this millennial like aggressively millennial like I say this is a millennial so annoying sort of white feminist package white feminism especially because she also is like a white supremacist mm. it's that new age it's that new age to white supremacism pipeline she kind of introduced that factor into the 3HO cult yeah i'm i'm just picturing a white woman with dreads and a tank top that says namaste and yoga pants yogi pants if you will you are you are in the correct neighborhood of the level of appropriation um she did not have dreads she appropriated uh the sikh turban and will wear a turban and a bunch of white robes and stuff so oh great arguably worse yeah 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 she's not she decided this i mean it's no jamiroquai but like oh god yeah it's ah i'd say it's worse than jamiroquai yeah no that's true yeah it's worse than jamiroquai it's worse than jamiroquai Yeah, I think we're just sat. I think we're just sour because his music slaps. Yeah. So she repackaged it for the the new millennium, and most of the info I got on Griggs came from this incredible Vice article, um, that was called uh, it's called Three H O Cult Inside the Dubious World of Rama Yoga and its Girl Boss Guru Jagat. In that, I'll just include in the show details because. Y'all can read that. It'll also be in my color-coded notes for the Patreon. Um, But she started the Rama Institute for Applied Yogic Science and Technology and opened that on Venice Beach in 2013. It became so ubiquitous with yoga and LA stuff that people like Alicia Keys, Kate Hudson, Russell Brand, Demi Moore, and Jennifer Aniston just regularly attended and talked about how much they loved Kundalini yoga. My gosh. And I, I wonder I wonder what the crossover is between those people and also being Scientologists. I wonder what the crossover is. <sighs> to my knowledge, none of the people on this list are Scientologists. Huh. Um I have I have a pretty encyclopedic knowledge of who in who in pop culture is a Scientologist, <laughs> who was born into Scientology, who has left, who attended a few classes but has never been confirmed to be a Scientologist. Got it. And okay, I don't believe that's going to have to be an episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I could, I can pretty much tell you. Um, but none of them, from what I understand, um, and Kundalini Yoga, they claim it has these super ancient origins, and it's like, no, all of the people you stole and bastardized stuff from, Yogi Bhajan, they have ancient origins in the different things you took to, to do your specific brand of this as part of getting people in the cult um so the cult was once limited to people who would visit the ashrams people would have to travel and deliberately go seek this stuff out after hearing tapes of yogi bhajans but in the 2010s she had a trendy yoga studio and she had rachel from friends talking about how much she fucking loved kundalini yoga yeah so it proliferated it so much more than it ever was in its early stages with yogi bhajan Mm. um so kundalini yoga as bhajan created it has um seek mantras people will do and uses tantric theory and different yoga poses and griggs just was a new marketable blonde-haired blue-eyed millennial woman 
and she was like, I am Bajan's rightful heir, and she was the new leader. Yeah. And no one was putting together that Bajan had a cult because they had oh sort of turned him into this figurehead who's just like, oh, that's the old man on the box is a T. They had uh, so like... They had like... There's a, a separation there. Yeah, because none of these people here had ever met Yogi Bajan or heard any of the awful stuff he'd say to people. He was just the guy who has pull quotes in his picture on the Yogi tea boxes oh and started started a foundation called Happy Healthy Holy. How bad could that be? Um, Sarcasm tone indicator. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so folks who attended her classes report that she would use tech-related terms to kind of modernize the ideas. So she talked about Kundalini Yoga being ancient technology and that you could optimize your system. And the epiphanies you get while doing it are downloads. So it's very much... I'm going to download some epiphanies in my system. Yeah, yeah. Just just download those. Um, So with the rise in popularity, she opened up more Rama Yoga Studios, Jesus a record Christ. label, two clothing lines, a business school, a prod, a pod, a podcast, a prawncast, all about shrimp. Prawncast for prawns. Um, but a podcast and a nonprofit foundation. Mm. Um, so there were fifteen different sources who contributed to the Vice article. Um, and it meets all of the criteria for a cult. Oh, um, people were pushed to keep donating increasingly larger amounts of money. Um, if they didn't have the money, it would be their labor and their energy. Um, and they were indoctrinated with this us versus them mentality. Like they knew what the deal was for spiritual enlightenment and for physical health and stuff. They knew, and it was them against the world. Um, and there was an effect where it was this echo chamber and it would radicalize the people in there. Um, her podcast included um holocaust and aids denier david ike and a Q a QAnon promoter named carrie cassidy oh just an all-star cast yeah just an all-star cast so that's what i'm saying she gave the 3ho cult that direct tunnel to white supremacy mm -hmm. like so much new age stuff does and she's like we're there there's a blonde lady doing this now jesus christ but yeah in in the podcast episode, um, the Vice article says he spouts transphobic rhetoric, claims coronavirus is a hoax, the vaccine is a bioweapon, and that racism is ridiculous. I mean, I agree on that last part, but not for the same reasons, I think. I think racism is ridiculous, but I, I uh, yeah, racism is ridiculous in that it's ridiculously bad and that it shouldn't be happening. Hey, spoilers, that's not what he meant. Oh, Oh no! He said the the idea that racism is a thing is ridiculous to him. Oh, a white person thinking racism doesn't exist. Guru Jagat in that interview said that identity politics is the work of the cult. Hmm. Um, spiritual or wellness scene as it stands has been hijacked by the woke agenda. So basically, she's complained that these people don't like me appropriating these cultures anymore and spreading super ableist and racist and all-around transphobic and anti-science rhetoric. They won't let me just get away with it. So she was a real peach. Um, but one of the things cults do to manipulate people is to leave them in such a state where they can't really fight to get out. Like, there's sort of the sunk cost fallacy thing going on where it's like, I put this much of my time and my money and my physical health into this thing i can't back out now i'm already this far in and lots of cults like scientology uses manual labor and sleep deprivation to keep people too 
incapacitated to really do a whole lot to try to get out. So Griggs had her own version of doing that, that had these what she called lifestyle prescriptions that were from Yogi Bhajan's teachings, which included things like adopting a vegetarian diet, um, which is not going to make you... I'm vegan, not to say it again and be that vegan, but like that's not the part that's going to make you delirious. Yeah, My bad mental health does that. But sh- the thing that she would do were periodic cleanses. And these are where it gets silly. She would have them do the melon mono diet or my favorite one, the pea fruit set. <laughs> so melons or pea, your choice. Yeah, the pea fruit set sounds like that sounds like some old-timey code that sounds like old-timey code for gay people with piss cakes oh, my God. oh I, you heard about johnny he hangs out with the pea fruit set <laughs> oh yeah well i'm on the mono melon trend if you know what i mean <laughs> only tits um so my new website only tits only tits i right, that has to exist already i'm sure it does so she would prescribe the melon mono diet or the pea fruit set which included only eating fruits starting with the letter P for up to seven weeks. That's so much. That's nothing else. Nothing else. Just fruits that start with the letter P. That's so. That's so much fruit and so few fruit at the same time. Yeah, I'm like peaches, persimmon, passion fruit, pomegranate, and like I'm out. Yeah. That's it. There's four. While you are only eating pomegranates and persimmons, you'd start your day between three and four a.m. with the cold shower. Hmm. and a chanting practice and in the vice article it says if you're doing it the way it's meant to be done you're in a constant state of sleep deprivation overwork and overwhelm so the practice itself becomes your saving grace so it pulls you in um and griggs would also tell adherents that spending more than 72 hours with their families will cause them to spiritually regress which i don't think she means in the same way that i agree that 72 hours with my family would cause me to spiritually regress um but yeah she wants to separate people and create a more us versus them thing um, and funny enough, Greg's most devoted students could also adopt a spiritual name, which anyone can buy on the 3HO website for $40. <laughs> oh, how convenient that everyone has a spiritual name, but you can't, you don't have one until you give us $40. and we tell I'll you give you one for free. Oh yeah, what's my spiritual name? Let me, let me think, let me channel the aliens that talk to me in my sleep. Oh, eat some corn flakes, drink some yogi tea. Okay. Do a melon cleanse. Pea fruits. Pea fruit, pea fruit, pea fruit. Titswell McGillicuddy. Ooh. Titswell McGillicuddy. I like it. I like it. Um, that one's for free. Yeah. I feel like hold on, let me let me let me I have one I have a brainwave coming from the the aliens. So they're talking to you too? Tea. They're talking to me and that your your spiritual name is mm, Scrunt McMelon butt. <laughs> Scrunt McMelon butt. That's yeah. It's not me. It's uh, it was told to me by the ramblings of his sleeping man. No, that's the next goblin I play. That's happened. the next goblin I play oh. in D and D. Scrunt McMelon butt. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Scrunt McMelon butt. That's a good name. Just a just just remarkably small for a goblin, but with just, just caked up ass. Super fucking cheeked up. Just so cheeked up. Wait, that's your spirit. That's my spirit. That's it's, your soul. It's Scrunt McMillan, but I love it, babe. Thank you. Yeah. And if you if you just starve yourself, eat nothing but persimmons, pomegranates, and melons, and just do kundalini, and just do all this stuff, you can become a little shriveled goblin with a juicy ass. I, but what if I already am that? Oh, no. Oh, no. 
So in June of 2020, there's a Sikh activist named Sandeep Morrison who addressed a clip of Griggs whitesplaining his religion um, during an event the prior year. And there's a quote from him in the Vice article saying that Guru Jagat has built her brand by distorting and misrepresenting Sikhi an already misunderstood and misrepresented faith using Sikh prayers, mantras, and iconography, along with articles of faith, such as the turban, and presented them as part of the commercialized yoga aesthetic. Morrison said they've demonized any activist that attempts to engage in a conversation with them. And he told Vice, we've been called terrorists, fundamentalists, and have been doxxed by their followers, all because they fear we're going to hit their pocketbook. Wild. So directly attacking the people they are culturally appropriating from. And reading this Vice article, Sandeep Morrison has the patience of a fucking saint because he is so chill about all of these awful things this woman has done regarding his faith. Like, yeah, so they're directly aggressive towards anyone who just wants to have a conversation about them doing any harm. Um, and of course at, they are. at the beginning of COVID, a Twitter account was actually started called Rama Wrong, and they were posting screenshots oh, of wow. stuff Griggs would share in the company group chat. So Griggs, who is Guru Jagat, far mind you, um, these posts claimed that masking orders were unconstitutional demanded everyone must watch the 2020 film pandemic <laughs> and claim that government scientists were responsible for COVID-19. Mm. Um, they, cl- they claim that QAnon conspiracy buzzwords like New World Order theories and reptilian shapeshifter talk <sighs> were all things you'd Jesus casually Christ. hear bandied about in the break room in the group chats at Rama Yoga. So, yeah. So, I, weirdly enough... For someone who denied COVID so long, you know, uh, a disease that increases your likelihood of getting blood clots. Mm-hmm. I say this as someone with thrombophilia who can't leave my fucking house. Mm-hmm. Um, Guru Jagat died of a pulmonary embolism after ankle surgery in 2021. I have no facts about it, but I just think it's interesting yeah. that someone who probably took no COVID precautions whatsoever um, had a pulmonary embolism denying a virus that makes you more likely to have a pulmonary embolism. The irony is palpable. Yeah, I will include a link to the uh, to the Vice article just in the show notes. I won't put that up behind the Patreon. It's just an extremely good article. It was uh, so long and so well-researched. So another tea company, which I will keep short because I actually found a YouTuber who did a two-hour documentary, like a very good, well-researched one on this tea, is Teamy Blends, which I'm sure if you follow Cardi B or any Kardashian... Or any of the Real Housewives on any social media, you've seen them push Teamy Blends, which Teamy Blends is that skinny tea, or they call it detox tea, Mm. where the number one ingredient is Senna, an FDA-approved laxative. Oh, Lord. It's pipe cleaner tea. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it'll clean you out. Um, Oh, Lord. But YouTuber Mary Betsy in her guzzle series of documentaries, did a nearly two-hour documentary on Teamy Blends and their founder's deep roots in Scientology. There it is. Yep, including how mm. she uses Scientology principles for her business. Um, and this is where it came out that Scientology was involved because someone had gotten hired at Teamy Blends and saw these workbooks. Um, if you are someone who works in any sort of medical field, I think especially veterinary, and you've had some sort of business consultation stuff by a group called Wise, um, who does a lot of business management classes and stuff. Um, that's a branch of Scientology. Oh, jeez. 
So she found she found a bunch of wise management stuff at the Timmy place and took some pictures of it and pictures of other books that were just straight up Scientology stuff and was like, um, am I getting dragged into Scientology? Um, so I will include a link in the show notes, not just the Patreon, to Mary Betsy's documentary about it. At the time of me watching it, it was like under 10,000 views, which I think is wild, but it was very well done. I actually learned some things about Scientology I didn't know. Wild. Which is why it got me excited, because I have consumed every piece of popular media that looks at what Scientology does. Yeah, you're, you're a big fan of cults, not just two cults. Like, well, I'm not a big fan, but like you, it's definitely something that you find very fascinating, I can tell. Yeah, no, I love learning about them. Um, So, and that was part of why, at the end of it, I was like, why tea and cults? Yeah. So, I tried to look at research about it, because... I thought surely someone has questioned why we have multiple tea companies owned by cults. But I think plenty of people have made the connection between wellness culture and cult-like behavior. Hmm. Which, if you look at all of these tea companies, um, all of these tea companies brand themselves about being about wellness. Like, it's not just, like, your Lipton or some other tea where it's like, this is tea for drinking, because you want to drink tea. All of these teas are deeply tied with wellness culture stuff and being natural, and this is good for you. Uh, our teas are going to fix you. Our teas are going to fix you. They're going to help you sleep. Like, it's all connected to that. Um, So, wellness as a concept is just unattainable. There's no end point. It's just someone telling you that you could be living better in your own body, and that it's all in your control, which is deeply ableist. Because they put all of the onus on the person and don't look at things like disability or live circumstances. And I think that's why there is a connection between teas and cults. Because it's the wellness culture thing that binds them all. Um, and that really chaps my ass because the desperate and disabled, you cannot blame them for quote-unquote falling for something that claims it's going to help them exist on this planet and their body easier. Right. Like, you're preying on people who are really in a bad place. Um, yeah. There's also this really clear connection, like I had said before, between, like, natural and wellness ideologies and white supremacy. Mm-hmm. I find it just interesting that that is a common thread with all of these cults, because Scientology is very anti-medicine, very anti-science. Right. Um, Scientology is like, you would not be getting sick if you hadn't done something wrong. Mm. All of it is psychosomatic and it's your fault. You need to fix yourself. That's horrible. That's, they say, they say your ethics, you are off ethics. Ugh. That is so wild. It's like, they're one of the most unethical organizations. And to have them come at you and say, oh, you're off ethics because you lost a leg or something. Like, or you have COPD or whatever. Like you are unethical if that's happening. Yeah. Their idea of ethics, their idea of ethics is completely different than what ethics actually are. There is a list of tiers of how ethical a person is. The highest tier of ethics you can be involves how wealthy you are. Jesus Christ. How ethical you are. So anything they do in pursuit of wealth is just them pursuing their highest level of ethics. Oh, jeez. And there's stuff written about you will lie and do whatever you can to get the money in Scientology. Um, But anyway, that's me going off on a Scientology rant again. Um, I think people, and I mean everyone listening, needs to be especially wary right now of any wellness stuff that they are seeing either on their TikToks, 
or presented to them in general. Um, because contrary to what most people have decided, COVID is not gone. Yeah, COVID's not over, y'all. One in ten COVID infections leads to long COVID. Not one in ten people, but one in ten infections. So if you've been infected multiple times, you've rolled that, you know, metaphorical D10 several times. Mm -hmm. And your health is not guaranteed. Like, I had my pulmonary embolisms just a couple weeks before my 20th birthday. And I know being newly disabled physically, like... I would have been vulnerable to just about anything that offered me the slightest chance of getting back the body I knew pre-blood clots to go from being the active person I was to someone who was out of breath trying to get up to go to the bathroom or trying to go feed myself was such a drastic change that I, I really, I was vulnerable to just about anything that would give me the slightest inkling of a chance to be my old self. Um, so with long COVID being so prevalent and being a mass disabling event that as long as there are no more mitigation efforts and people under the false impression that being vaccinated is going to keep them from getting long COVID, um, this is... This is a mass, mass disabling event, and I am just concerned that there are going to be a lot of understandably desperate people wanting to try to get back the body they had pre-COVID that people are going to take advantage of in ways that these new age to white supremacy sort of cults um, take advantage of people. Yeah. As of July of last year, 4 million Americans were so severely disabled from long COVID that they could no longer work. Um, and as of June of 2022, it was estimated that 25 million Americans were experiencing long COVID already. It is disabling people, and they're finding new ways of disabling people. And I really worry that there are going to be so many desperate people that are going to be easily pulled in by these things because they are not used to being out of breath just walking to the toilet. They are not used to what fatigue really is. The moral of the story is any of us under the, not right circumstances, wrong circumstances, can be lured in by cults. And I think wellness cults especially are so insidious that those are the ones that I keep a lookout for most myself of anyone. Of anyone, like, even someone I follow on social media that I'm like, oh, they have good workouts. What else are they talking about? I don't want them yeah. to be culty. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, Brienne has got me on a kick fairly recently of anytime I see a thing or an organization that looks vaguely interesting or positive, I just really quickly go Google their name and the word problematic and just see what comes up. Uh, and that has saved me from a lot of stuff. It's so helpful because sometimes it's like, okay, that thing wasn't really problematic. And then sometimes it's like, influencer eats a single baby each week. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. It's like, ooh, mm, that's not great. But yeah, it's like, oh, this influencer seems cool now. But then like in 2017, they killed three people in a hit and run and never went to jail or something like some crazy shit like that comes up and it's like i don't want to follow this person exactly so um just do your due diligence on everything people and yeah um yeah i think you're safe buying your sleepy time tea yeah try the sleepy time you know try uh, try a local tea or make your own tea blends that's a thing too 
Yeah, I make my own tea blend for sleepy time stuff, and I call it my honk shoe blend. Yeah, honk shoe, honk shoe. It's real tasty. Honk shoe, honk shoe, me, me, me. Um, but that's all we've got for this first episode of Info Dumpies, everybody. Um, yeah. We got to workshop a cute sign-off. Um, but if you all appreciate the show and you'd like to support us, you can look at the show details to get the link to our Mixnomer Patreon. Um, Mixnomer is the production company that Violet and I own and operate. Yeah. Um, we have one other show that we've done for like two and a half years. It's a fiction show called Today's Lucky Winner. It's real cute. It's a supernatural comedy and we play girlfriends on the show. Our characters are girlfriends. Yeah, there. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, we were girlfriends there before we were girlfriends in real life. Yeah, we it were. Cute. Yeah, it was cute. Um... But yeah, um, if you want to support us, Mixnomer is the Patreon where you can support all of the stuff we do. Um, Mm -hmm. We don't take sponsored ads as a rule, so the best way to support us is either by contributing to the Patreon, and if you don't have the money to contribute to the Patreon, which I completely understand, just telling your friends about it, um, posting about the show on social media, um, recommending it to people. We also don't pay for advertising, so word of mouth is entirely how we grew our previous show. And how I intend to grow this show, because I'm not going to pay for ads. Yeah. And if none of those ways of supporting us work, you can also just mail some bags of chips to 6969420 My Street. I mean, you could do that for Violet, but I would also like you to share about the show on social media. Because if you could, if you could, if you can mail her chips, you can, you can just say, hey, I liked this. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, do, do that instead. But also you can see our social media handles in the show details and... If there's a topic, like, it's going to be me and Violet talking about stuff we're interested in a lot. We have some guests lined up. Um, but if there's a topic that you're like, I would like to hear a show about this, um, just holler at, just scream it out at us on social media, but in a nice way. You know, just be like, I'd cinnamon rolls! Yeah. Or whatever. I don't know if cinnamon rolls is a topic. Oh, yeah. But just let us know. Probably at me because I'm the one who's underwater cave diving. Yeah, yeah. So I should I should write these down. Um, but anyway, thanks thanks for thanks for listening to me take a dump, everybody. <laughs> yeah, great job, baby. Good dump. Thanks. I loved your dump. It was great. Thanks for taking a dump on me. Welcome, you reached the housekeeping section of the show because I batch recorded these with Violet several months in advance while we finished up season two of Today's Lucky Winner, and I just want to make sure that I covered all my bases with the housekeeping and knowing how you can support the show. Um, so I kind of just wanted to get the show out there and we don't have official, like, info dumpy social media yet, but if you check the show details, you can find mine and Violet's you know, solo social media stuff if you want to see what nonsense we're up to on the internet. Um, and at some point, I will probably make, like, Mixnomer official social media stuff, but I'm tired. Um, and social media, uh, is, is hard for me to deal with a lot. But anyway, um, yeah, you can find our personal social media handles in the show details. Um, also, if you want to support us, you can become a part of the Mixnomer Patreon page, where you can get anything we do for any podcast. Any of the bonus material is on the Mixnomer page. Um, so, 
That includes stuff for our other show, Today's Lucky Winner. That includes notes from the episodes. Um, that includes like our intro and outro music done by Sean Turner, who is our composer for our other show. Um, this Crackness Groove track is actually from Today's Lucky Winner, and I just liked it because it was chill. Um, but yeah, basically any show that we do that we do bonus stuff for, you can get at some level on our Patreon. Um, and at the dollar level, you get access to our Discord server, where we chill, we share memes, we talk about special interests and hyperfixations, we do live streams where we play Jackbox games, um, and we watched Austin Powers the other day because we learned that for some reason it's in the public domain. Um, yeah, so just for just a dollar a month, you can support us and come hang out with us on our Discord server. And also, if you have any topics that you would like us to go into further, or that you would like us to... Oh god, my voice is doing something here. Um, if there are any topics you would like to hear us talk about on the show, or you think we'd be super interested in, um, just get at us somewhere on the internet. Tell us about it. We want to know. We love to research things, and um, yeah, we want to hear your ideas. And when you support us on Patreon, you can also get a cool shout-out at certain levels. Like our friends Randy Lovings, Rachel Rachelson, Sewing Seraph, B. Trossler, Kelly Brennan, Smurdy Singh, Helen Clifford, M. Mosin, Lutzi, and Fleetwood Mac Sex Pants. Yeah, so we'll see you next time. Um, I love you. Goodbye. Stay safe. Um, I don't have a sign-off for this one. I need to work on my sign-offs. Um, I think I was toying with. I hope everything comes out okay. I don't know. I got lots of poop jokes. Let me know which one sticks.